Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's a Friday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined as most times by Maurice Patton. Not always. Not always. Except when you're not. Right? Exactly. Always, except when I'm not. But that's okay. Man, what an exciting day and an exciting show. It's, it's high school football Friday night, so that's going to be a, a an exciting time to this evening. But before then, we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about here on Main Street Sports today. And a couple great guests joining us as well. Talking with Baseball America's executive editor, J.J. Cooper, on managerial openings and hirings. And we'll also talk to um, Chris Kwasinski. Of, I think that's it. Of Como. I think that's it. The Como Daily Tribune. We said I have to say Como because obviously we're in Columbia, but we're not in A lot of Columbia's. There's a lot of Columbia's involved, so we have to say Como. The Como Daily Tribune out in Columbia, Missouri. We'll talk to him about this weekend's Tennessee, Missouri game. And of course, Terry will be at the top of the hour with the Titans report. And we've got a lot of great topics to get into today. It's gonna to be a lot of fun. Uh, anonymous Dumbo Octopus. <laughs> Dumbo octopus. Dumbo octopus. So I guess it's a, a eight big on ears. big ears, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh man, That's interesting. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, looking forward to to this great show and, and and plenty to plenty to talk about. So we should probably hop start right talking in about it because we have yesterday's results and this weekend schedule for you right now on the rundown. This is the rundown. The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. The voice of the Blue Raiders also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip today at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. NHL action last night. Winnipeg doubles up the Predators 6-3 in NFL play. It was the Bears 16, Panthers 13. And if low scores are becoming more prevalent to you, it's not just you. It's everybody. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. Men's basketball action in overtime last night. Middle Tennessee State down to Stephen F. Austin, 67-62. It was Tennessee State, 83-58 winners over the thoroughbreds of Kentucky State. Marion down Cumberland, 96-64. In women's play, it was number 18, Florida State, 92. Number 11, Tennessee, 91 down in Tallahassee. Vanderbilt. Goes on the road to UT Martin and escapes with a 70 to 68 win over the Skyhawks. Lady Skyhawks? I don't know. Uh, college football. Skyhawk women? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> college football last night. Louisville comes back and again escapes. They, they get a 31 24 win over Virginia. Southern Miss, a 34 31 winner over Louisiana. Um, tonight's schedule on the high school gridiron. All of these are 7 o'clock kickoffs local time. Summit is at Brentwood. Jackson Christian is at Columbia Academy. University School of Jackson visits Christ Presbyterian Academy. East Nashville hosting Stratford. Uh-oh, beat East. That was the... That was what was on Anthony Laws. Mm -mm. 
There we go. <laughs> he called it he from the beginning. He did call it, yeah. <laughs> um, Montgomeryville Academy is at Ensworth. Fairview hosting Liberty Creek. Knoxville Webb travels to Franklin Road Academy. Friendship Christian hosts Donaldson Christian. Giles County taking on McMinn Central at the Brickyard. Hendersonville goes to Henry County. Davidson Academy goes out to Lausanne. East Robertson is at Marion County. Marion County is on central time, I do believe, so that's a 7 o'clock kick here and there. Brentwood Academy is at Macaulay. That is not. That is not. <laughs> that's a 7 o'clock eastern time kick, so factor that into your travel. FACS is at Middle Tennessee Christian. Eagles at Moore County. Mount Juliet hosts Oakland. Tullahoma comes to Page. Station Camp is at Pearl Cone. Riverdale hosting Cookville. Centennial travels to Shelbyville. Ravenwood is at Smyrna. Beach goes out to Southwind. And South Memphis. South Memphis is not North Mississippi. Not Ever so smart. <laughs> Men's basketball action this weekend tonight. UT Southern is at Campbellsville or today at 4 o'clock. Belmont goes to Furman at 6 o'clock in Seattle ESPN Plus. Also on ESPN Plus. Uh, South Carolina Upstate takes on Vanderbilt at Memorial. Austin P is at George Mason at 6 o'clock tonight. You can see that on the Gov Sports Net. And at 8 o'clock tonight, Tennessee is at Wisconsin, and that game will be streamed exclusively on Peacock. Good luck. Mid-South Crossroads crossover in Indianapolis. Cumberland takes on St. Francis today at 4.30. Trevecca is at Southwest Baptist, so I'm assuming that's where this is taking place at 7.30 tonight. And at 4.30 tomorrow, it'll be Trevecca and Drury. Also tomorrow at 2 o'clock, it's the University of the Cumberlands hosting UT Southern. At 4 o'clock, you can see Asbury at Lipscomb on ESPN+. And then at 5.30, Wilberforce is at Fisk. So there you go. That's your men's basketball action. Women's basketball action this weekend. One final already. Fairfield defeated Lipscomb 89-66. Early in the third quarter, it's Charlotte 43, Tennessee State 21. At 6 o'clock, that game can be seen currently on ESPN+. Plus. At 6 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus, Chattanooga is at Austin P at the F&M Bank Arena. So technically, is it at Austin P or is it just in Clarksville? At, <laughs> I'd say it's in Clarksville, <laughs> yes. But I think it's walking distance. So It's close, yeah. Georgia is at Belmont. That's a 6.30 start on ESPN+. Plus. At 7, Oakland City is at Cumberland. Also at 7, Southwest Baptist is at Trevecca. Okay, yeah, that was man that you read earlier. Okay. Right, so they, it's, it's the, the crossover. Of yeah, the crossover. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, Saturday, University of Providence, not Providence College, is at Cumberland. That's There's a 1 o'clock tip on, um, on <laughs> UT Southern is at
One o'clock, ESPN Plus, MTSU Women hosting Princeton. Uh, one o'clock on the SEC, SEC Network Plus, Fairfield is at Vanderbilt. And also at one o'clock on ESPN Plus, Tennessee State is at North Carolina Asheville. NBA action this weekend, the Jazz are at the Grizzlies. That's a Friday, seven o'clock tip on Valley Sports Southeast. Sunday at 2.30 on Valley Sports Southeast, the Grizzlies are at the Clippers. You know what Oakland City's mascot is at Cumberland this weekend? I do not. The Mighty Oaks. I like it. I like it. I mean, it's not a Dumbo octopus. But I, I wish someone would be the Dumbo octopus. Octopi. Octopi. The Dumbo octopi. I'd, yeah. I'd love it. College football action to, uh, tomorrow. Vanderbilt at South Carolina. That's 11 a.m. kick breakfast with the Commodores on the SEC Network. Uh, Tennessee State's at Eastern Illinois. That's a noon kick on ESPN Plus. At one o'clock on ESPN Plus, you can catch Austin P hosting Utah Tech. Florida International is at Middle at two thirty on ESPN Plus, and also at two thirty on CBS is Tennessee at Missouri. We'll talk about that one later. The Titans down in Tampa at noon on Sunday on CBS, and then the Preds play tomorrow night on at seven o'clock on Valley Sports South. At home at Bridgestone against the Coyotes of Arizona. And that, folks, is your rundown. Top stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go by and get your delicious uh, deli lunch or your fresh hand cut meats. Great produce and everything is cost plus 10% at the register in Neely's Mill Shopping Center at the Pig here in Columbia. Mo, today's top story comes to us from the college football playoff, folks, as a new executive director has been announced as former Air Force linebacker and current Air Force Academy Superintendent Lieutenant General Richard M. Clark has been named the successor to friend of the show bill hancock well it just tells you what type person you have to get to replace a bill hancock that's right general clark reading from the college football playoff release currently serves as the superintendent for the u.s air force academy where he directs a four-year regiment of military training academics athletic and character development programs leading to a bachelor of science degree and a commission as a second lieutenant in the u.s air force and u.s space force he will begin his role as executive director of the cfp following his retirement from the air force next year and apparently it's a heck of a way to retire well this may be easier Oh, it will be. I'm just saying it's going to be this is a to go. If you're going to go into retirement and still do something. This seems like a. Interesting thing to do to take on 12 team playoff first time ever. You got to go into it. Just it's going to be interesting. Better 12 than four. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bill Hancock apparently will stay on board through January of 25. So. Hopefully we'll get to see him at next year's SEC football media days one last time. One last time. Yeah. See, this is um 
He was actually born in Frankfurt, Germany, assuming he, you know, was his family must have been Air Force uh, military, or military of some of sort, some sort. Yeah. Uh, but did spend some time uh, and is a distinguished graduate uh, from Squadron Officer School at Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> Yeah, he attended the Air Force Academy, was a four-year letter winner. During his senior year, the Falcons went 12-1, and one, were ranked eighth in the final AP poll and fifth in the final coaches poll. Hey. So. The more things change. He, he, he knows a little bit about what he's going to be getting into, I guess. Um, I'm honored to become the executive director of the CFP. College football is an American tradition unlike any other, especially now as the playoff is expanding from four to 12 teams. This is an exciting time for fans and everyone involved in this great game. I'm excited to be a part of it and I look forward to beginning my work. So. Well, he's going to have a lot, to, a lot of work to do because again, the 12 team playoff starts next year. And though some folks might wish it would start this year, considering the, some folks with the CFP the, might wish it would start this year. The yeah. issue that they, may or may not face by year's end but yeah this is you know when we go into the the new world of college football with new conferences and 12 team playoffs and, and home playoff games and all of that you know you need somebody who can command the room when you know folks are asking tough questions and I dare say I don't think he's going to have a problem commanding the room. Commanding the room. No. So I mean, look forward to, to to you know. Hopefully, he'll be as personable and, and as and as easy to get you know get around with as as Bill is. And you know, Bill Hancock will forever be one of the most exciting and fun folks that we have on our show. Oh, without question. So he's got big shoes to fill. If you ask me, yeah. does Mr. Clark or Lieutenant General Clark? <laughs> he has earned the title, so we will we will call him that. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of the scene from um, A Few Good Men. <laughs> I've earned it. Yeah, I've yeah. earned it. And and I mean this picture of him on this release. He is when they say decorated. This is what they have in mind. This dude's got a chest full of ribbons. Ribbons and pins and more pins and more ribbons. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So anyway, looking forward to seeing what what uh, what transpires over the next few years with, with new leadership and, and the new college football playoff. But yeah. Um, other college football topics of discussion, Mo, you were mentioning before we came on about this, you know, the continuation of this Michigan situation. Mm -hmm. Jim Harbaugh and his attorney, or through his attorney, so he's going to be on the plane to Happy Valley one way or another, whether the Big Ten tries to suspend him or not. Here's my here here's the here's the funny part. If the because Michigan obviously has a TRO, a temporary restraining order ready to go but if they suspend him at five o'clock today it's veterans day <laughs> you know 
ain't no uh, courts going to be open till at least Tuesday. Don't, oh, yeah, don't get arrested this weekend. No judge is going to be there till Tuesday. <laughs> but this is an interesting timing, I guess. Do you think the NCAA slash the Big Ten is that conniving? To do it after the courts close. I hope so. <laughs> Just because that's who I am. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, I obviously there are situations in which courts will open and hear cases on an emergency basis. But how much of an emergency, an emergency is how much of an emergency is, is Jim, Jim Harbaugh coaching? coaching on a Saturday? Yeah. I mean I don't know that that constitutes an emergency. Chris Vanini of the Athletic writes a depiction Jim Harbaugh racing through the airport running from Tony Petitti who reaches the plane and finds a man in a Michigan hat but it's not Harbaugh hmm. he looks out the window and into another plane where Harbaugh is waving goodbye and the credits roll <laughs> but yeah this is well but here here's how you head that off you just meet Harbaugh and happy Valley. there you go you just go to happy Valley with him catch him as he's getting off the plane huh. Um, they, the on three sports, take this, take it, you know, take that as you will. Reports that the Big Ten is re preparing a notice of disciplinary action against Michigan ahead of their trip to Penn State. Um, that's from, okay, well, that's from Heather Jennings, so I'll take that. Uh, we're hearing this morning that it could be a three game suspension, which would, of course, include this game, the next one, and Ohio State. Ohio State. Who's the next one? Uh, does it matter? I don't know, but that's okay. I, I don't. Again, I was just curious. I mean, you're right. It doesn't matter. I, I <laughs> the, kind of, these two are the ones that matter. I'm, I'm just kind of, when you talk about the next one, I kind of like to fill in that blank. Maryland. At Maryland. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of, that. that is a, an interesting scenario, a three-game suspension, because here's the thing. A three-game suspension, you got to get the TRO. You, 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 if you're Michigan, you got to make it happen, right? If it's no suspension and maybe just a fine of some sort, then Then write the cares? check and go on. Yeah, yeah I mean <laughs> – as a friend of mine says, if money is a problem, there's not a no problem. problem. Yeah. So, and and I think that definitely applies at Michigan in this specific situation. So, uh, three games doesn't sound to me well like it's. But if you suspend them for these three games. I feel like it sends a pretty solid message. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, you know, um, you guys know where I stand. They did it. It's Harbaugh's responsibility to, to, to be, you know, aware of what's going on on his staff. He's the one who's ultimately responsible, so he's the one who has to pay. That being said, 
Does suspending Jim Harbaugh is that a way around not punishing the kids? Because it does in, in a way. Well, I mean, course. I don't know if it's a way around not punishing the kids, but I mean, I'm not sure how much the kids necessarily deserve to be punished. I mean, we talked about. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, this is a way to do it without, you know, a bowl ban for the players who had nothing to do with it. Or taking them out of the college football playoff. Right. You suspended the head coach, and whatever happens, happens. But your players still have the ability to earn to go their out way. and win without him. Yeah, yeah, they have their way to they have a way to earn themselves a chance to play in the Big Ten championship slash the college ball playoff. That's kind of a win win, no? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, sure, I don't, I don't know how it wouldn't be a win. Anything that allows Michigan to continue to pursue whatever it was pursuing to open the season is a win. For, for the football team. But the win for the Big Ten is, you know, the guy who was in charge and the guy who's supposed to be, you know, monitoring his staff is, is being punished. Theoretically, I mean, you suspend Harbaugh and they still go three and zero in these ball games. I mean, who's who's punished? Well, I, I mean, I understand that, but I mean, he he did I mean, three three games. Three games just strikes me as light. And should when, it should it be indefinite until the until the until the investigation is over? Because obviously, it's going to be over before next season. You just suspend them indefinitely through through any these three games, the potential Big Ten championship, and any bowl game or playoff. That seems to me to be a bit more fitting of what is alleged to have taken place. Because once again, clearly able to do what he did within the rules, chose not to. Yeah. Chose. Not to. So, anyway, we'll take a break. We'll come back. JJ Cooper joins us talking a little baseball. Stick around. Main Street Sports Today is presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Back to the Lee Company studio in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. 
Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton. It is Friday. We've got a lot of football to talk about. High school football coming your way this evening, of course. Playoffs, round two, win or go home. It's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, you can follow us uh, this evening for updates from high school football from around the mid-state. You can also follow us tomorrow for our reactions to college football on uh, various social media outlets. (laughs) And there will be plenty of reaction, I'm sure. But right now, Mo... Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little baseball. Let's do because baseball's fun. It's, uh, you know, we we try to tell people it's hashtag not just football, but it's never not baseball season around here when you're talking about us. Absolutely, <laughs> and um, few folks better to help us discuss it than the executive editor of Baseball America, JJ Cooper, joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Mr. Cooper, good Friday. Good Friday to you. Good to talk to you, Bo. You as well. Bo and I've man. known each other for for longer than I would like to admit. Yeah. <laughs> just just leave that there. Hey, <laughs> but that said, yeah, it's a, it's great catching up with you, man. Um, the first full week of the baseball off season has not been without news, I guess. Um, most. I guess most impactful in this room anyway, was the announcement that Ron Washington will be leaving the Atlanta Braves as their third base coach and taking over the managerial position of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I don't know. And, and and that he's taken first base coach um, Eric Young with them. And 
it's like I was telling somebody yesterday, I'm happy for Wash if he wants to manage. I'm glad he's getting the opportunity. Hate to lose him, but happy for him. Losing Eric Young pisses me off. <laughs> the the thing to me that, that makes some sense here is obviously Perry Manasian, Angels GM, knew Wash from his time when Perry was working with the Braves. And it it makes all kind of sense in the world that that Ron Washington has another chance to manage. And one of the things that comes along with that is is usually as I think how these things go is is okay, we're not gonna let you have everyone you want, but 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 we'll try to work with you. And especially I'm assuming that that EY is going to get like a uh, you know, his role may bump up also in this, you know, get a it it's one of those things where you hate to stand in the way of someone getting a chance to advance. And, yeah, and I think that's one of the things that stands out here. But also the reality of it is, is everything that Ron Washington did with the Braves, everything that he did as far as improving their infield defense with his ability as a coach, now he gets a chance to once again show what he can do with a, you know, running a full team. Yeah. You know, the question that came up to me that comes up to me, JJ, as a, as a, you know, kind of walk through this whole situation. As you said, you get what makes Ron Washington attractive to the Angels. I'm not sure I understand what makes the Angels attractive to Ron Washington. The best way I can answer that is that there are 30 of these jobs. And I, I, you, you're not wrong in that if you were saying I'm going to pick in, you know, I'm sorry, my, my video thing is going a little bit in and out. Excellent. But um. If you're gonna pick a uh, if you're gonna pick a team to be the manager of, this one's a, a scary one from the standpoint of okay, well you don't know if Shoyotani is gonna be back, so that's scary point number one because he's a free agent. Scary number two is you don't know if how long the GM who picked you, Perry Manasian, he may be the next uh, you know on the chopping block if things don't turn around. And you're saying that coming into a team that hasn't been able to win with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, which two of the best players, probably the two best players, Mike Trout was the best player in baseball. And then he kind of, he may have loaned that, you know, that Mookie Betts may have had a little window where he was the best player in baseball. And then Shohei Otani became the best player in baseball. And they've had two of the best three players in baseball over the last 10 years. And they haven't been able to win anything. What's the expectation there? So I, I don't disagree with you that this is not, I would not compare this to say like the Astros job that is open where Dusty Baker retired and the Astros job, you're taking over a team that has been a perennial playoff. Ah, actually, you know what? I can now flip it though and say, this is kind of like the whole argument of, do you really want to be the uh, the guy who takes over for Nick Saban in Alabama? Or do you want to be the guy who takes over for the guy who takes over for the guy who uh, replaced Nick Saban. You know, like, so from that standpoint, the good news about this Angels job, talking out both sides of my mouth, is expectations are low. Whereas if you go to, say, the, you know, the Houston job and you take it, and I, from what I saw, you know, Wash was, Warren Washington was a candidate there as well. All you can do there almost is go down. Whereas in, if you could get to the playoffs with the Angels, all of a sudden you're a hero because they haven't done that in, a very long time. Mike Trout has one career postseason hit in a very good year. That's crazy. Um, you know, you talk about expectations being low. Expectations across baseball aren't necessarily high for the Angels. Do they know 
what the expectations for that franchise are, though. I think their owner, Artie Moreno, has very high expectations, and they've yet. But I would say that with that, it's a very star-led system from the standpoint of their problem they keep tripping over over and over and over is, is that they don't really spend a lot of money in the farm system and player development, and they don't spend money on depth. They have the best stars. They have Shoei Otani. They have Mike Trout. They'll spend for Anthony Rendon. They'll spend for guys like that. But the problem they've run into year after year after year is – that once you get past that top tier of stars they have, they really don't have a, a great rest of the lineup. They don't have a great rotation. They've When injuries strike, which unfortunately Mike Trout has hit the injury portion of his career, I hope it goes away, but they're just not really ready to, uh, you know, to, to kind of handle that. And that's been a problem year after year after year. And we don't know the answer to that question because I will tell you whether Artie Moreno believes they can or not, if a team that had Shohei Otani being one of the better pitchers in the American League and the best hitter in the American League for four months last year can't sniff the playoffs, it's going to be really hard if Shohei Otani leaves and goes elsewhere. It's kind of hard for me to envision any scenario where this team should be a better team next year. And that's what makes it tough for me to watch Ron Washington leave because I'd love for him to go somewhere where he has an opportunity to be successful. And I'm just not sure that the angels is it. He also didn't have a big window though, Mo. Like, I mean, at his age, how many more opportunities are going to come down the road? Because Ron Washington is, is, you know, as I said, we, we know each other longer than we would like to admit, mm -hmm. but when we first knew each other, Ron Washington was not a young man. I, I, I will put it that way. So, uh, so, so that's where I would say like that, it's tough when one of these opportunities arises, it's really tough to say no, is the way I would put it. I follow what you're saying, but mm -hmm. like to put that example, like to, to, to use another Braves example, Brian Snicker worked in the Braves minor league system for, you know, a couple of decades. Right. And the call never came. He got to be uh, you know, a coach on the big league team. And then he got demoted from that back down to the minors. And then the call came and it's like, hey, here's your opportunity. You can be the interim manager of the Atlanta Braves. And it wasn't like we're going to sign you for three years or anything like that. It was just, you're our best shot to fill this because Freddie Gonzalez has been let go. And when you get that opportunity, you take it. I think most of the time you take it and you see what you can make for it. Now, obviously in the Braves case, that was a little bit different situation talent wise, but here we are you know, several years later and Brian Snicker is like, nope, if I just keep winning the division every year, if I win a world series, it's going to be really hard for you guys to get rid of me because this is what I'm doing. There you it go. is in fact yeah. really hard. Yeah. And no matter impossible. what, yeah. <laughs> no matter what, yeah. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. You know, you, you talk about having, there are only 30 of these jobs and I guess currently there are three of them still open obviously the houston astros would be the most desirable of the three currently i guess uh, the padres seem like they would be except they literally just told the world that they can't pay their bills because they have too much on their payroll books so they're gonna have to slash some of that oh and the milwaukee brewers let the world know that everybody's on the on the trade block so <laughs> to me 
The latter of those two seems really silly if you are looking to hire a manager. Saying those things publicly seems odd. Yeah, but at the same time, the thing I'll say with this is like, I actually think to kind of go back to the Saban example, I think that that Houston job may be the toughest one to take. Not because they don't have the most talent, because they do, but because you are talking about a team that goes to the ALCS every year. And at some point, their farm system has been thin for a while. The players who are their stars keep getting older. Now, again, Jose Altuve is great. Alex Bregman's great. Jordan Alvarez, when he's healthy, is amazing. Kyle Tucker's really good. They have, they still have talent. But at some point, their decline's going to hit there. And the manager, the new manager there, maybe blames, like, why can't you win like Dusty did? Why can't you win like, you know, and you could go down the list. If you go into San Diego, if you go into San Diego last year, your expectations are if you don't win the World Series, it was a disappointing year. Look at this team. If you go in to take over the San Diego club this year going forward, and you say, okay, let's say that they do trade Juan Soto in the offseason. Probably will, but let's say they do. All you're still trying to do, like the Diamondbacks came out of that division, not because they were better than the Dodgers over the course of 162. They came out because they got hot at the right time. I'll say if San Diego next year wins 88, 90 games, but everything comes together next October, you may look like a star, and that is a team even if they trade away a Soto, even if they, they've lost Blake Snell in free agency, you know, if they lose Blake Snell in free agency, I'm assuming they will. There's still enough talent there. There's still enough there with a healthy Fernando Tatis, with a healthy Xander Bogarts, with, you know, there's Manny Machado. It's not like there's not the core of a team there that could succeed. And if they did, then all of a sudden, you you can absolutely be the guy, you know, you're all of a sudden that manager is the the star for turning around the team that was very disappointing. JJ Cooper, executive director of baseball, I'm sorry, executive editor of Baseball America, joining us here on Main Street Sports. We've today had an executive director in our first, that, 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 yeah. that's what the problem is. Too many executives around yeah, <laughs> for yeah. us to keep straight. Yeah. Um, JJ, Chris mentioned Milwaukee. Um, obviously, Craig Council's contract was up at the end of the season in Milwaukee and he was coveted by a few different teams. The one that he ultimately wound up with was, was the one that not a whole lot of people had heard him associated with throughout this managerial merry-go-round. Were you surprised he wound up in Chicago? I mean, when Chris told me, I, my thought was, I thought they had a manager. That that was, uh, yeah, I was surprised because when you were looking at it and saying, is Craig Council going to go to the Mets and follow David Stearns, who ran the Brewers and who then and now is running the Mets, that made a whole lot of sense. And Chicago didn't make a whole lot of sense because they have David Ross. And now we should say, this is not the first time that the Cubs have done this. This is now the second time in the last decade that the Cubs have had a manager, looked around when there was a manager, uh, a manager you know, available and said, nah, nothing against our current guy, but we're going to, we're going to go with the other guy. We're going to take it, bring in a new guy. So I guess from that standpoint, we, in hindsight, we could see it coming, but um, I, I do look at this. I, I think that it's going to be interesting to see with the council move, 
I feel like from the Brewers' standpoint, there was no complaint about what Craig Council was doing in Milwaukee in any way, shape, or form, but it was just, we don't want to pay that much for a manager. I could be wrong, but that's probably like the, the teams he was looking at were all teams that could probably kite, you know, could write a bigger check. And mm-hmm. so what I would say with that is, is that I do think that he's also coming into a team. The Cubs are a team that all of these teams in the central, it's going to be an interesting division, but at the same time, the advantage you have over the East or the West, I would say is if you're in the NL West, you're in the AL West, you got to worry about now the Rangers and the Astros. If you're in the NL West, you got to worry about the Dodgers who win every year. And then the Giants are probably going to spend money and the Padres are still the Diamondbacks from the World Series. If you're in the East, you know, the Braves win the East every year, but that doesn't preclude other teams. The Nationals have won a World Series in the past, uh, you know, half decade. The Phillies have gone to the World Series two years ago. The Marlins have made the playoffs. I mean, that's a division. You look at the, the Central, that's a division where. The Pirates haven't sniffed uh, a playoff spot in a number of years. The Reds haven't won a playoff series in a very long time. There, there are more of there's more possibilities there of becoming a dominant power in the Central than say if you're Craig Council and you go to the Mets. Well, the Mets won 100. You know, I didn't mention that they won 100 games two years ago. But at the same time, I, I look, I just look at that division and go, you could be the third, fourth best team in that division. And be a really good team. If you're the third, fourth best team in the, the in the in the central, you're probably a below 500 team. So, what direction does Milwaukee go in? I think they probably go more of what we just saw with the Guardians. The Guardians hired Stephen Vogt. You know, the not too long ago, uh, you know, uh, big league catcher. You know, which two years I, I, I get to talk a- about. He retired at the end of the 22 season. He, he was a brave just a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying they're going to go that young, but I do think, I don't think it'll be a big name as much as it'll be kind of more of someone coming, stepping into that role, which here's the tricky part when we talk about managers, right? I, I think that you are, there are different ways that can work. And it's also tricky to know what's going to fit, what's going to work right at this time. I think that sometimes you'll have a good manager that's a bad fit for a team, or you'll have a manager that was a fit, and then that fit kind of goes away. These things often kind of tack back and forth, right? If you have a player's manager, eventually everyone gets a little loose, and then you probably replace that manager with someone who's a little bit more you know, stricter, more disciplinarian. Then you go that way and sometimes you can go too far that way and you keep you're, it's almost like you're 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 steering a boat you know and you can't go straight you kind of have to keep going right and left to catch the wind in a sailboat and you're like you but eventually you're going to get there well i think that with the brewers I, I think that the next step probably is craig council again it's not old guy by any stretch of imagination but the next one will probably next manager i expect them to hire will probably be a little bit more of kind of uh someone who's coming what the really what the what the Mets did hiring a bench coach from someone or hiring a you know minor league manager something like that rather than a big name I could be wrong but that's my that's my that's my guess I, I guess I would put it minor league manager like a Rick Sweet Nashville Sounds manager their triple Nashville Sounds manager Rick Sweet that, don't now, don't hey, again lose. if you wanted to cite an example 
uh, of an example like that, I think that sweet would be a perfect example of of kind of a snicker approach, which mm-hmm. obviously has worked out very well in Atlanta. And what is an approach that I think is not used probably as much as it should be, uh, you know, in some ways, which is is it's those lifers who spend a lot of time in the minors don't often get those opportunities. But when they do, I would say that you could, you know, Joe Madden ended up winning a World Series. I would say that Joe Madden fits as kind of that profile in many ways. He was someone who spent a long time in the minors. Obviously, Snit, Brian Snicker is one who fits that, you know, that profile. I, I do think well, that uh, that Rick Sweet fits that profile as well. Especially when you're talking about, you know, the when Snicker became the Braves manager, they were still a young team in the rebuilding phase. And obviously he reaped the rewards of that. But same thing with, you know, if the Brewers are going to go full rebuild, it makes sense to have someone who is comfortable with guys who are young and still developing and knows how to maybe not ruin confidence because of the way they manage. We've talked about on the show that, you know, Brian Snicker still manages at some points, you know, like he's a triple A guy. Hey, he's the guy who does this job and we're going to let him do this job, whether he's, you know, good at it 60% of the time, 70% of the time or 90% of the time. So sometimes that's why it works is because they know how to deal with those, that level of player. The other thing I'd say with that is this is kind of Brian Snicker. I think this is Dusty Baker also, right? Which yeah. is some of these managers have kind of their, I, I feel like that they have a portion of the fan base they're kind of a lightning rod for. I, I know over the years, I've seen all the complaints of Braves fans. You know, I grew up in, in Georgia. I worked in Clarksville for a while and all that. I'm from, you know, the Braves country. Braves country. <laughs> and, and there's always been a complaint, so he doesn't know how to run a bullpen, right? And which are all usually those complaints are during the regular season or why is Dusty Baker sticking with this player or whatever. And you've seen that not just when he was in Houston, but when he was in Washington, many places. And what I would say about this is these are managers that I would say one of the subtle parts of being a major league manager is clubhouse development club, maintaining a clubhouse where everyone, you know, is kind of pulling in the same direction. Right. And one of the ways you do that for is these are not managers who burn out a team and they're great for 85, 90 games. And then you get to a game a hundred and they were like, wait a second, this is a really long season. Why is my entire bullpen out of gas? Why, you know, does everyone seem like they're not playing as well? And the reason is, is because sometimes you have to put a guy out there who's not your best option to win that game, but is your best option to ensure that you win the most games over 162. And as a manager, part of your job also, I, you know, I covered Bobby Cox when he was with the Braves, right? And I remember this is many, many years ago, but I remember they brought in Mark Davis, the former Cy Young winner in Kansas City's reliever at the very end of his career. And they sent Mark Davis out there on multiple occasions and Mark Davis was done. Mark Davis did not have a way to get big league hitters out anymore. And you would, we would go in afterwards and we'd talk to Bobby Cox and we would say, so what was the, the thinking today? And Bobby Cox would say something about, you know, you just missed it by this much. You know, I felt like he's not far away from turning that corner off. It did not matter whether Bobby Cox actually believed that or not. Mark Davis was on his roster in the bullpen. He wanted to see if he could get Mark Davis to be, you know, to help that team. 
and he's not going to tell anyone else, you know, outside of Mark Davis, Mark, you're really struggling. I've, I've really got to kind of carry, you know, in the roster here or anything like that. And that's the kind of thing that as a fan, you look at it and say, oh, this manager doesn't know what they're doing. It's like, no, they know very much what they're doing, but this is all about anyway. maintaining the, uh, you know, the, the clubhouse in the way. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, the credit you could say with the just-retired Dusty Baker, the credit with the Brian Snicker is, how many times do you say that, you know what, they lost that that clubhouse? That team seemed like that they really, you know, were not pulling in the same direction. That team seemed to really kind of just kind of disintegrate as the season went along. They didn't do that. Why? Because they knew they had a manager who's going to give them opportunities. Every player out there, to be a major league player, you have to believe that you're worthy of the role and that you really probably should be in a bigger role because that's part of that self-confidence that is kind of required in a game where you're going to get shelled or you're going to strike out three times, you know, in a game on a regular basis. And then you knew that your manager wasn't going to throw you under the bus. I think that those are valuable things that a manager, even if they may drive, you know, fans may drive you on the outside people a little bit crazy. Like, what is he talking about today? We've said it on this show. Sometimes you got to lose a battle to win a war and, yeah, it's that's over 162 games that that will happen sometimes. J.J. Cooper, the executive editor for Baseball America, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint and giving us some insight into some of these managerial moves and what's to come with the Astros, Padres and Brewers still hanging out there. J.J., Appreciate you spending some time this Friday afternoon with us, and um, let's do it again. Sounds great. Always good to catch up. We appreciate it. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Pete Thamel has an update Mm -mm. from Michigan. (laughs) And so we will talk about his sources and what they say will happen with Jim. So stick around, Main Street Sports Today. We'll come back in just a moment after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. 
We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Still to come at the top of the hour is Terry McCormick, so we'll get to him here as quickly as we can. And then after that, we'll have Chris Kay of the Como Daily Tribune talking balls in Mizzou right after that. So stick around. Right now, Pete Thamel has You said a, that awfully confidently. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with it. Uh, has a tweet citing sources that the Big Ten is expected to discipline Michigan for the in-person scouting and ongoing sign-stealing investigation uh, will prohibit Jim Harbaugh from being on the sideline until the conclusion of the regular season, but will be allowed to coach during the week. From the Big Ten, a quote, I'm assuming this has been – I guess there's a statement out. As a penalty imposed on the institution, the university football team must compete without its head football coach for the games remaining in the 2023 regular season effective immediately. This disciplinary action shall not preclude the university or its football team from having its head football coach attend practices or other football team activities. Seems meh. Well, it's absolutely meh. But, I mean, I think... It's a bit of a compromise. Harbaugh can't coach on Saturdays for the rest of the season. Now. For the rest of the regular season. Correct. Next three games. Those are the final three games of the regular season. So it's three-game suspension on Saturdays. So he can take part a in preparation. Saturday suspension. A three-Saturday suspension. Nabias Wilburn, quote, this is so unserious. <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm i'm off for the next three weekends yeah what will i do so the leaves are turning in michigan i was up there a few weeks ago i mean he, he and his wife can go out and do some sightseeing watch, watch the leaves do you know you know we've talked about biff pogey on this show enough times do you you know remember like when you when you started a Twitter account, you had an egg for a profile picture because you were supposed to hatch into a bird, right? Biff Pogey has an actual egg. He's holding an egg in his profile photo. It's phenomenal. I only say that because an hour ago he tweeted, I have been quiet on the Michigan situation. All caps, but no, longer. Not all caps. <laughs> longer, not all caps. <laughs> but no, longer. I was closer to Jim Harbaugh over the last three years than anyone except his wife and kids. If Jim knew, I would have known. I didn't know, and neither did he. I staked my reputation on it, stop whining, and get a better team. 
Mm. Again, doesn't matter if he didn't know. He's responsible for those who are doing wrong. He's responsible. Well, I think. But for Biff, I, to, I think first I mean, year Charlotte coach Biff Pogi should probably be a little bit more concerned with getting a better team himself, himself at three and six going into one. this weekend's game against seven and two Memphis. Just year one. <laughs> so, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I would agree with. Here's my thing. With Nabai, it's a little unserious. It's a lot unserious. Here's my thing. If Biff Pogi did know what he said. No. So. But he would, I mean, just be quiet, I guess. Here's the real question. What's the bigger loss? Harbaugh or Stallions? Well, the Stallions, because you don't have the signs anymore. Now you don't have the signs. <laughs> Listen, Jim Harbaugh is over there thinking that Connor Stallions is a genius and is able to decode these signs in an instant if he doesn't know, right? If he doesn't know that Stallions has this whole system, well, this whole process, yeah, yeah. then he just thinks, well, this guy's an absolute genius. We, we got to have him. So I, I can see how... You would that, that how Stallions could be talking with Harbaugh and him not know how he obtained the information. I can get that. What I can't get is how he did it on a fifty thousand dollar a year salary. That's that's the unbelievable part. Well, what I can't but what I what I can't get less. what I can't get other than plausible deniability is not asking. Not, how, how are you, how doing, are you this? doing this, Coach? <laughs> you don't want to know. I just know. So, yeah, uh, and, and and to that end, Biff Pogge may be right. You know, he didn't know. Brett McMurphy. But if he didn't know, it's because he didn't want to. That's right. Brett McMurphy, Big Ten worried about Michigan's competitive advantage with sign-stealing allegations, yet the league suspending a head coach less than 24 hours before kickoff isn't a competitive advantage for Penn State. Major lack of leadership from the big. Could they have waited until Monday? Sure. Could they have done it this past Monday? Probably. So, I mean. But you know what? But, I mean, Michigan. You had the competitive advantage. So, now. No, somebody else has got this. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Terry McCormick standing by in just a moment. Uh, we'll get the top of the hour Titans report <laughs> right after this.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Top of the hour Titans report with Terry McCormick. Terry, great, great stuff there. Harbaugh being coaching the Bears next year and Stallions in charge of quality control and scouting would be perfect. Uh, you know, if if this NCAA investigation turns out and there is a longer suspension, is there any way the, N, the NFL uh, pulls a Jim Trestle here and suspends him as well? Because that's what they did to Trestle. That's possible. You know, I, I can see that, you know, especially in light of how heavy-handed they were on the Patriots with the Spygate uh, investigation and all, it would be kind of a double standard if they ignored that and did not, uh, you know, put some sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, show calls on Jim Harbaugh as well. <laughs> so Yeah, I think that was the phrase that I used what, as well. What's the exactly phrase you used. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Back to our regularly scheduled program, Terry. That's right. It is your daily Titans report, and it's brought to you, as always, by Zen Sports. Guys, Titans are going to be without four guys Sunday in Tampa, uh, two of those being offensive line starters. Daniel Brunskill, who's not missed a game all year, is going to miss his first one uh, with a right ankle injury that he sustained in Pittsburgh the other night. So looks like Dylan Radens will fill in for him. And the other news out of that is that that means that with Nicholas Petit-Ferrer also out and apparently having surgery or surgery scheduled, it's going to mean Andre Dillard at left tackle because Raidens was probably really the only other option that they could have considered there. So there is some good news, though. Chris Hubbard is going to be back to play right tackle. He has cleared the concussion protocol, so Still, you know, shuffling the pieces and jumbling guys around trying to find the right five and, and a healthy five, for that matter, uh, to be able to try and protect Will Levis. So, also a big concern in the secondary where Sean Murphy Bunning has been ruled out after not practicing all week. Uh, suffered a thumb injury against the Falcons, tried to play through it, uh, only lasted part of the first series against the Steelers. So, I don't know about you guys, but the thought of Murphy Bunning not being there seems like a good time to uh, have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on your fantasy team and maybe Baker Mayfield, too. Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, why can't he play? What's the deal? It's not like we're intercepting passes anyway. Well, it's probably some sort of ligament or some kind of damage there where if they have to go in and do any kind of surgery, then you'd probably get cast on your hand, so you'd be playing one-handed, which would make it very difficult to tackle. That would be my guess on it. They, they've not made him available. We've not seen him around all week. Uh, somebody said something about that there was an Instagram post of him with his arm in a sling, which looked like it might have been surgery. And I've not been able to confirm that. It may have been taken down. may have been just a rumor. But if that is the case, then certainly he would not be available uh, 
not just this week, but maybe just a couple of more weeks. Mo, 64 yards is what Derrick Henry needs to become the eighth player in NFL history to reach 9,000 yards before the age of 30. Does he get there this weekend? Yeah. I think so. I think think he does. does. I, I think he has to. If just for the fact that, you know, you've got a rookie quarterback making what his third start now. I, yes. I think again, yeah. I think the I think you've got to be pretty heavy, Derrick Henry, in the in the offense to have a chance to win this ball game. So yeah, I'd say so. I, I would wouldn't think that there would be a better scenario than like what you said to use Derrick Henry. And the fact that Levis has been able to show off his arm, complete some, and not afraid to take deep shots. You know, that should loosen up the box enough that maybe he'll run against some seven-man boxes as opposed to the customary eight that he's been getting. So uh, I know they won't have Traylon Burks to uh, be at wide receiver, but he's certainly not been afraid to throw to DeAndre Hopkins. And then all of a sudden Kyle Phillips has emerged and uh, been accounted for the last couple of weeks. So uh, interesting there. But I do agree with Mo that uh, it's going to be need to be a healthy dose of Her- Derrick Henry mixed in with that vertical passing game. Well, there you have it. Anything else we need to know before we let you go? Well, that is about it. Again, the injury report and then the scouting report there. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about zero fumbles. Uh, by the way, zero fumbles for Derrick Henry. He had six last year. Remember he had a, a weird fumbling problem last year. But that has not carried over into 2023, so I think that's a good news, too, just throwing that out there. Because if you're going to turn the ball over, you would prefer it not be Derrick Henry doing it. That is true. Tell us about Zen Sports. All right. You've been hearing me talk about Zen Sports, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months. And I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive to $1,000 no danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zensports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zensports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. 
This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, I'm no. like, apologies in advance. It sounds like CC Commissioner Greg Sankey. You got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. Oh, I the radio, too. <laughs> As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. so And we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee, Coach? Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when you are on Main Street and you are moving. You got to love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Runner of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Wong. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl, Bananarama. So other guy Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports. Today's presented by Mid Tennessee Bond and Joint. We are live from the Lee Company Studio in Columbia, Tennessee. And we have to make that distinction in this segment because our guest also comes from Columbia, but a little bit farther west as we are excited to talk with Chris Kwasinski of the Columbia, Missouri Daily and you, Tribune. You got I, the nod of approval. I was, I was still crossing my fingers, toes, and everything else that I could cross. You kind of eased into a Kwasinski. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's either that you either have to ease into it or just gotta it's, it's rip, like rip the bandage off, like right? jump into a pool and just hope you get it right. But Chris, uh, we're excited to have you. Haven't talked to you since uh, before the WNBA season ended, and we know that you are a WNBA fanatic. So before we get into UT Mizzou, how was that finals? The finals were pretty cool, huh? It was exactly what I expected, um, but I was still shocked because the aces are just that good. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of got up. Uh, I think it was game three when uh, Brooklyn was up big, and I kind of got up. I was like, oh, I'll see what I can do. Game four will be in a couple days. And I came back, and the clock was running down, and it was one down to a couple plays. And I was like, oh, my. I can't believe they came back. But just tells you uh, all you need to know about Asia Wilson being the next uh, next in line to be the logo of the league. Well, you'll have to go back and watch our show from last from yesterday because we had um, Alicia Clark on. So it was a lot of fun. Great stuff. It was good stuff. Yeah. Um, Chris, as we mentioned, Tennessee comes into town tomorrow. 
matchup of two top 25 squads, and Tennessee has had their issues on the road. Uh, what what are you looking? What are you thinking about tomorrow? Ah, uh, see, it's kind of tough because this is this has really been a a season of revelation for Mizzou, where everything that they've uh, hoped would work has worked. Brady Cook has elevated himself to be one of the top five quarterback in the SEC. Uh, uh, their their running game has been complementary. Their wide receivers have emerged into NFL caliber receivers and. The, the defense has hit a stride right now. We're the top five, maybe top three in the SEC, too. And uh, the only thing is this this team is set yet to play a complete game. Um, and Mizzou's going to have to do that against Tennessee. And uh, I know Tennessee's had road woes, like you mentioned, but this is a team that still put up 62 on this Mizzou defense the last two years. And obviously two years ago was the Steve Wilkes era. Uh, and last year was the Blake Baker era. And they still put up 60 plus. So. Um, there's a lot for Mizzou still to prove against the Tennessee team, which has had their number the last couple of years and uh, could still have their number too. You know, I, as you look at these two teams, obviously Tennessee last year was a probably a pass first team. This year they boast one of the best rushing attacks in the country. Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson, a three-headed monster in the backfield, but Missouri prides itself on stopping the run. They've given up only five rushing touchdowns on the season. That's absurd. Uh, <laughs> how, you know, the unstoppable force, immovable object adage here, what, what are you expecting that? Uh, see, it's tough because the last couple of years uh, we've seen – that passing game, like you mentioned, really be the difference in this game. Um, I know two years ago when, when Tennessee came to Fro Field, uh, the passing game really opened up the running game, and there was a couple long touchdown runs, 92-yard touchdown run, which was basically a dagger in the game in like the second quarter or something like that. And um, I, but, but I think this year around, uh, the defensive line is something that's been so, a slow build for Mizzou. Uh, Realist George, uh, Darius Robinson, Josh Landry, Jaden Jernigan, uh, Niles Gaddy even, I mean, there's a handful of guys which we came into the season wondering, are they going to come together and, and be a, a unit that can replicate at least what we saw last year with Isaiah McGuire, Trajan Jeffcoat? Uh, I'd like to say that they have, especially with uh, Darius Robinson moving to defensive end. We're wondering how that was going to work. The project has worked out really well so far. Uh, he's getting a lot of respect around the league, uh, a lot of respect around uh, a lot of national pundits too. He's uh, upping his NFL draft stock. I mean, he's, I think before the season began, he could have been a, a day three pick, maybe fourth, fifth round. But now I think he's a third round pick with the chance to uh, elevate his status even higher than that. So uh, this defensive line is going to is going to be the difference in the game. And if they can stop the run, if they can um, stop is a relative term, because obviously if you, if you can just bottle up that run for a little bit and kind of force some stops, get off the field. Uh, this could be this could be a game that just looks completely different from what we've seen the last couple of years with Mizzou, Tennessee. Hard to score 60 when the clock's running <laughs> because you're running the football. So maybe maybe 60 is not the number this year. And, and think, folks will be happy with that, I think, in Como. Without a doubt. Uh, I think the last couple of years it's just been kind of like a, well, what the heck happened? You know, what happened? Especially last year when the defense is playing so well through the first handful of games and we get to uh, the Tennessee game, they go all the way up to Knoxville and just get skunked and we're wondering what what did happen? And uh man if they if they hold them to under 40 uh, i think it'd be i think that's a good 
a good sign. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be happy with that, but I think they can do better. I mean, they held Georgia to the 30 last week, and um, that, that's a team that was built to beat a team like Mizzou, kind of beat that kind of a defense. And uh, Mizzou, I think Mizzou can hold them to around that 35, that 30 point uh, mark, and just up to the offense to to do what you got to do to score points, keep the offense off the field. Is the main focal point for Missouri stopping Tennessee, um, stopping Tennessee from scoring, or is that because they feel like they can't score themselves, or how does that work out? I think it's the the best medicine for for beating a good offense is to just keep them out the field, you know. And um, I think it kind of goes back to some of the old NFL uh, comparisons. I remember with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, where you know you could do your best to to try to keep up with them, or you could just have sustained offensive drives for you know five plus minutes at a time. And if they're not on the field, they can't score on you. Uh, and that kind of puts the pressure on that offense to to kind of keep up with you in a little bit to make sure they get their points on the board uh, to make you play catch up. But in this in this case, Mizzou's a team that's kind of built this year to to be that kind of a team that you can grind out yards. And Cody Schrader's been a guy that's still been surprising me when he came into this season. I thought we we're going to need to see a lot more of Nathaniel Pete, a guy who's quicker, a guy who's uh, shiftier. Uh, Cody Schrader's obviously more rugged, a very, very rustic runner. I like that word. Uh, or you can go between the tackles. They, they have a stretch play they love to use with him. And uh, he's been he's been doing really well with that. He did really well with that against Georgia. And I was kind of surprised because obviously Georgia's got a defensive line full of NFL players. So um, when, when it comes down to that, it, it's just, can you get the, can you get the running game going? Can the offensive line sustain the blocks? Can they uh, just be, you know, assignment correct and uh, do what you need to do to get four yards, five yards of carry and, to, to wear this defense down because eventually those four to five yards turn into 12 and 13, like we saw last week against Georgia. You know, Tennessee obviously going into this game still has the potential to play for an SEC East or an SEC championship in the SEC East title. So there's going to be motivation there. And, you know, obviously there, you know, with motivation also comes pressure, I guess. But this is an this is a Tennessee team that probably feels like it's underperformed to this point in the year, and you know when you get to this point in November, it's always it's always going to go one way or the other. For Missouri, obviously losing last week put them out of the SEC East Championship race. What is Missouri playing for right now? I think right now it's it's still a lot of that reputation part of it. Um, like we mentioned the last couple of years, Tennessee's just had this team's number. And I mean, if you can come out and uh, I guess prove the next step of uh, of development in this team and the next step of your climb on the ladder, honestly, where at the beginning of the season, uh, I mean, we talked about the Middle Tennessee State game uh, before the season began way, uh, way back, and we were wondering about that. And they came out struggled in that game. As you struggled, and they won- they ended up winning that game by a handful of points, but we were wondering, well, you're going into Kansas State. What happens now? And they beat Kansas State. And then they were able to go to Kentucky and win on the road at Kentucky. And they're able to uh, beat uh, beat South Carolina very handily. They're kind of proven they can they can beat uh, teams that are struggling. And they kept up with LSU. They didn't win the game. Yeah, but their offense kept up with LSU. And that was impressive considering kind of the sputtering offenses we saw last year. And there's just kind of building to that point right now where if you think about this Tennessee game, it's proof that we can hang with, we can stop this team. We can turn around and we can 
we can reach that next step. But not only that, but you win this game, you're in line for a New Year's Six Bowl. At least I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when you think about uh, what could happen, and yeah, maybe things need to fall in certain places, but kind of works out in their favor. And I think is it Tennessee still plays, uh, I think still plays Georgia, and I think uh, Ole Miss still plays Georgia too. And uh, those are two SEC teams where, you know, if they're not playing for a playoff berth, then they're probably going to be in one of those Citrus Bowl kind of slots right there. But Mizzou still playing for a New Year's Six berth, and I think it could happen. I mean, ten wins. You, you could conceivably end this season ten and two. That too. It's for, it's, That's it's huge. Like, it's a season of first for the Drinkwitz era, right? Like, uh, there are going to be well over 500 for the first time in the Drinkwitz era. And uh, I know the last couple of weeks, but I guess Florida and and Arkansas are games that this team should win. I mean, if they win a bowl game, that's the first of the Drinkwitz era, too. And it's kind of making uh, Desiree Reed Francois look really, really good considering the extension she gave him. And uh, before before the Kentucky game last year, people kind of look around like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing with scratching? We're kind of scratching our heads for that. But, um, you know, she's looking like a genius right now, especially after basketball season with Dennis Gates, too. No question. I think this is a – this is kind of a it's not a, it's obviously not make or break, but it has the ability to be a make Eli Drinkwitz game uh, for sure. Get that Tennessee monkey off his back, get this team to a potential you know nine ten win season, and then of course you like you said you finish ten and two and second in the SEC East behind just Georgia, you have an opportunity to to find yourself playing in a New Year's Six Bowl or if nothing else the you know like you said the Citrus Bowl and and and, and getting a a solid uh, start to next season, of course, and, and going into the off season. So really impressed by what drink has done this year. Um, we obviously here, look, we make fun of him because he's, he's a little goofy, but that's okay. You know, sometimes in this world of college football, you kind of have to be a little silly if you don't have the resume of a Nick Saban, right? I, I'd agree with that. And especially with, with Eli. And I, I think the biggest thing with, that I think I've noticed, especially recently in the last year, couple years or so, is he's balanced out that silliness, balanced out some of that that character of his with this maturity that we've seen growing. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't easy for him to give up play calling, but he had to bite the bullet and he hired Kirby Moore. And that's looking like one of the moves of the year for Mizzou. It could be the most important move he's made in his coaching tenure. And um, I think you can go even further than that is just uh, understanding that there's a lot more that he could oversee as a CEO type coach where there's NIL aspects of things, there's uh, coaching moves, roster moves that you got to understand, uh, depth chart moves too. And he's got to evaluate who's supposed to be starting quarterback because this year it was Brady Cook or Sam Horn. And he decided to stick with Brady and look where it's gone. And look where it's gotten him. And I know there are games that he just really wants. Like he wanted the LSU game so bad. I know that I, I know that for a fact. And um, I know kind of coming up short is a little bit of a bummer, but uh, when you look at what he was able to do in the non-conference season, you know, win a game on a 63-yard field goal and uh, win in St. Louis, which is a huge boost for the recruiting play of this team. I mean, he, he's found a way to seize that momentum and, and even through a couple of losses, hasn't lost it. You know, I, I give him a lot of credit for that. And uh, you can point to Ryan Wingo, the, the recruiting loss he took where Texas kind of swooped in. But I mean, if you're losing Texas, you know, you're still beating out Georgia, you're still beating out Alabama, still beating out Alabama, some of the other top teams. And, it came down to those two, and um, you know he's but he still lives to fight another day because he's got a really good class coming in. Well, before we get you out of here, we just want to get an update on because we, I mean, I've been semi paying attention, but not to a 
large degree. Chris Abrams' drain, um, his his season. How 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 do you feel like it's gone to this to this point? Is he still finding himself in a a good draft position to this uh, right now? Honestly, um, Chris Abrams' drain has been doing things that, to be honest, I didn't think he was capable of a couple years ago <laughs> when we started seeing him move. To no, really, it's every week he just seems to do something which is kind of interesting. Like last week, he didn't have a great, you know, flashy game against Georgia, didn't have an interception or turnover. But you go back to the Pro Football Focus numbers and you look at the high grades he has in coverage and had a couple pass deflections and. Um, he he's really building himself to be one of the top cornerbacks in the 2024 draft, and wouldn't be surprised right now if he was one of the top top 50 picks. He's got the ability to to lock down a man coverage, and I think that's really important. Um, and, and especially when you can ask him to play zone a little bit too. And he, he's very versatile. He's very athletic. He's got the the abilities of a wide receiver that you're playing with at uh, at cornerback, and uh, he's got a really good counterpartner on the other side with Ennis Rakestraw and, and Ennis I think is a great prospect too I know he might be a, a sixth fifth round pick but when you're when you're testing Chris Abrams drain you're testing a really athletic corner and a lot of quarterbacks have 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 suffered for that I mean Will Howard was one of them in Kansas State that's where he got his first interception it's like the first of three games where he just made incredible plays uh game ceiling plays game changing plays uh, he's got the ability to do that, and you can put him at punt return or kick return or two. He's got the the athletic ability. And uh, two years ago against Tennessee, at a 102 yard return for a touchdown. You know, he's got the the ability to, to break a game in multiple he can ways. Do it all. And I think, yeah, I think there's and teams are starting to f- kind of figure that out. At least I hope so. I hope scouts kind of see what we see, uh, understand the the stats that we see all the time. And, you know, pro football focus numbers are a little hard to decipher sometimes but when you look at it and you see the impressive numbers you kind of say yeah he's got the tools he's got the talent to quote a favorite movie of mine ghostbusters but um you know i i think he's going to be a day two pick uh, in the second round with a chance to move up to the first depending on how he finishes this season that's what we like to hear yeah big fan of Chris Abrams drained. He was he was, of the show. He, he was great on our show early this year and at, at SEC Media Days, and obviously having Alabama ties, I'm big fans. So we appreciate you taking some time with us, Chris. It's it's always a pleasure and always good to get some insight from the Vols opponents. And it's going to be a good football game. Looking forward to to two thirty on a Saturday. Yeah, it's my favorite time, my favorite kickoff time, honestly. But between that and eleven a.m. You know, I have an afternoon game. You get to go back and uh, watch the rest of the college football slate after that. So I'm looking forward to this one, too. There you go. Well, hey, enjoy your Saturday, man. We appreciate it, and we'll catch up with you soon. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, 10 games to pick against the spread. We'll do it right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joints. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated cost plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Center, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here. Justin Kulik on the controls, joining us now to do some picks. What's up, JK? Yo, yo. How's it going? The ones and the twos. Hey, man. Uh, everything is going well here. We're, we're glad to have you. Hey, good to be here. How did we do, Mo? Did I kill it last week or did I not? You killed it last week. You were seven and three. Um, you missed Texas because Texas did not cover against Kansas state. Mm -hmm. Um, you missed Georgia because Georgia did not cover against Missouri mm -hmm. and, um, you missed Michigan because they did not cover against Purdue at 32 and a half. Um, but you got Alabama as did I. Nice. So nice there. We all missed the bonus pick, by the way, of um, bonus game. <laughs> Notre Dame uh, yeah, minus three against Clemson. Clemson won that one outright. So, so you and Chris were each seven and three, seven and four with the bonus game. Um, Chris missed Air Force, Texas, and LSU. LSU. Um, I was six and four, six and five with the bonus game. I missed Texas, Air Force. Georgia, 
Oklahoma, Brent Venables, you're on my list. <laughs> and um and Notre Dame. I did, however, get Alabama and Purdue. So nice. Yeah. I picked Purdue. Yes, you picked Purdue. You did not pick Alabama though. No. Yeah. So so yeah. So Alabama's cheating. So let's see. On the year, Justin is fifty one and forty nine, fifty eight and fifty one with the bonus games. Chris, you and I are each 50 and 50. You are 56 and 53 with the bonus games. I'm 55 and 54 with the bonus game. So, all right. We are still neck and neck. Yes. I thought I was going to get, when I saw seven and three, I was like, I'm going to make some progress this week. Nope. Nope. No progress. <laughs> no progress. Justin's over here killing it. All right. Well, let's hop right in. Breakfast in the Commonwealth. Mm-mm. Home dog, Mo, just for you. Mm. Kentucky, ten and a half point dogs to the Crimson Tide of Alabama. <laughs> ESPN at eleven o'clock. Alabama by ten and a half. That is that is that is the line. At Kentucky. Uh, JK, what you got? Your thoughts? Uh, I would like to roll tide. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, Alabama is going to win this game handily. So like you by are, a lot, right? I mean, handily. Yeah, I, I don't see any way this isn't a three touchdown. Yeah, it might be twice this. <laughs> it's, Alabama might cover at twenty-one, but odd yeah, yeah, only ten and a half. Odd. Yeah, yeah. So I'm taking Alabama as well. Uh, Georgia Tech. On the road at Clemson at 11 o'clock on ABC, 14 and a half points the spread in favor of the homestanding Tigers. 14 and a half? 14 and a half. Hmm. Give me me GT. Uh Uh-oh. There we go. They, like, upset Georgia in, like, 2015 one time that I didn't expect them to do, so... Make, they're going to upset. They've they won, what, two in a row now? Yeah, they, they have. Uh, they beat North Carolina. They beat Virginia. They lost last week, though, didn't they? No, they won last week. they beat last week? Georgia Tech. Was it Virginia last week? Yeah, it was Virginia last okay, week. Okay, so they won two in a row. Yeah. What are you doing? Oof. Look, here's the thing. Georgia Tech has beaten Miami, North Carolina, and Virginia, but they lose to Bowling Green, Boston College. And so it's clear that they play their best against their best opponents. Mm -hmm. So therefore, give me Dante Smith (laughs) and... Trustville legend and the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Dante 2K. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but I don't think they're going to lose by 15. So, yeah. Give me the Rambling Wreck as well. 230 kick on ABC. It's going to be wide right or wide left. Mm-mm. Florida State at home against the Hurricanes of Miami. 
on ABC again at 2.30. It's 15 and a half points in favor of the Knowles. 15 and a half. 15 and a half. This seems like a lot. Who's their opponent? It's Miami at Florida State. Miami at Florida. 14, okay. It's not Miami of Ohio, yeah. Um, it seems like a lot, but this is a rivalry, and I mean, yeah. if Florida State has the opportunity to stick it to them, I think they will. This is their year. They they they've been doing that this year too, haven't they? Sticking it to people. Um, a li- sometimes, mm-hmm. but then also sometimes not. Like, <laughs> I mean, they only beat Boston College by two, you know, but they. I mean, they only they won it they won it pit twenty four to seven, but they you know they drilled Duke, they drilled Clemson. Oh, I say drill, they, they beat Clemson thirty one twenty four. They drilled Virginia Tech. They they beat teams that they're supposed to beat. How much? How how many points did they beat LSU by? Uh, Not much. That was seventeen, I think. Was it? I think yeah, it ended up being forty five twenty four. Then yep. I'm gonna go. Exactly. I'm gonna say twenty one. Oh. You're going. Yep, Knowles it is. Knowles to cover, said JK. Yeah, Miami. Mm. Miami beat A&M by two touchdowns, right? That was early. That was second game of the year, yeah. Yeah. Um, They've recently beaten Clemson, but they lost to North Carolina State last week. And then North Carolina State's quarterback redshirted and is it probably going to enter the transfer portal? Just decided not to play the rest. I'm done. Of the I'm done. So wild. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they didn't score last week. That's why I've got Florida State. I'm going to make it a sweep because I think Jordan Travis has another big game. This is my favorite line of the week because it's the this may be the most difficult play of the week right. 230 on Fox which means it's a 1230 local kickoff in Washington the number five Huskies are a nine and a half point favorite over Utah so this is Utah at Washington Utah at Washington from Washington by nine and a half nine and a half I don't think that's an issue for the Huskies. Hmm. I'm taking Washington. I like Utah in this one. Hmm? And I don't know why. (laughs) No reasoning. That's okay. That's okay. Well, I mean, nine and a half is the, it sounds about right because they beat Arizona by seven, Oregon by three. Arizona State by eight, Stanford by nine, USC by ten, and that's their last five games. So, like, I don't know. (laughs) I think it may be the most accurate line in the history of accurate lines (laughs) because Washington seems to be winning, but. It feels like they have to do something weird late to win or put it away. That being said, nine and a half 
makes 10 points of cover. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go with Washington, but I think it's, I don't think it's going to be more than 10 points. Doesn't have to be. I think it's going to be 10. God, it's a really interesting line. Anyway. The game that all Tennessee fans are worried about at 6 o'clock on ESPN, Ole Miss and Georgia. Where is it? It is in Athens. Georgia is an 11-and-a-half-point favorite, and Ole Miss is clearly dealing with some things right now. Hmm. And so this game is really, really interesting. Georgia and Ole Miss have not played since Kirby's first year, and Ole Miss put it on them that year. So if Kirby needed any kind of bulletin board material, he's got it. Um, Justin? Um, I think I've, I've gone with Georgia a lot, I feel like, um, and they did not cover last week, uh, as we're all aware. So I'm, and I know the whole Ole Miss thing going on. Oh, that is a tough one. But I think strictly on the field, Georgia gets it done. Uh, I'm going to go with them again. All right, I'm going to now. Obviously, this is not this has nothing to do with the spread. But Georgia has won 26 consecutive games. Mm -hmm. Their last loss was the 21 SEC title. They've not lost a regular season game since. 2020, that's 36 in a row. They have a 24-game win streak at home, which ties the school mark set by the 80-83 to 83 Bulldogs in the Herschel Walker era. And the simple fact is that Ole Miss is playing for a spot in the college football playoffs. This is, this is an opportunity for them to find their way in. To it, If nothing else, this is a New Year's Six game. I mean, if, obviously, if, if Ole Miss wins, they're probably going to be in the New Year's Six. If Georgia wins, they're in the SEC championship game, so they're definitely in the New Year's Six no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. 11 and a half points seems like a lot for a game like that, so I'm going to go with Ole Miss. I'm going with Georgia to cover. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, the other half of the picks right after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint. We'll be back in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.com. More Pick'em here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Five more games to pick. Should be fun. And a bonus game. We do have a bonus game. Six o'clock on Fox. He's on your list. Will he cover? Twelve and a half points. Oklahoma favored over the visiting Mountaineers of West Virginia. Mountain Mama. Take me home. What'd you say, 12 and a half? 12 and a half. I'm picking Oklahoma to cover only because West Virginia is not very good. They're so bad. So, I'm going to retweet that or repost or re-X that, whatever the saying is. Yeah, West Virginia has, well, they've won the last two, and they beat UCF on the road. Who was that's, the one before that? That's interesting. I've lost to Oklahoma State. They also lost to Houston, which was iffy at best. Um, and they beat BYU last week, 37-7 at home. Ah, BYU is not very good either. No, but, I mean, when you beat teams, you know, beat bad teams like you should beat bad teams, it means maybe you're not that bad. <laughs> and I think, you, I think UCF's a good football team. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. They, they lost five in a row before they beat Cincinnati last week. Jeez, they're four and five. <laughs> and yet, had Oklahoma on the ropes, it's interesting. That's a tough stretch. They played at Kansas State, Baylor at Kansas, at Oklahoma, and then West Virginia at home. That's a tough stretch. Um, Twelve and a half. Man, I don't know. Because, again, Oklahoma has been so – who knows? Give mm-hmm. me Oklahoma, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can feel that. Number seven, Texas goes on the road to face the Fort Worth Horned Frogs mm. of Texas Christian. Ten and a half points. Ten and a half, that's all? Is Texas. 
at Texas Christian. Really? Just ten and a half, you said? Exactly. Exactly. What's going on? What's going on? What are, we, what are they doing? Uh, well, and Quinn Ewers is back. <laughs> Maybe uh, that's why it's on a ten and a half. I'm going to go ten and a half. Or, I mean, I mean take Texas? Texas. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. You're good. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the horns. 83% of the general public on the horns, which means... What does Vegas know? That's the question. I'm going to go Longhorns too. I don't want to. Because it just makes too much sense. Mm. And, and these days, yeah, stuff that makes sense. sense. Makes yeah, sense. exactly. Yeah. Here's you one. 6.30 on NBC. NBC. Michigan State at number one Ohio State. What's the line? Oh, 17 and a half. <laughs> okay. Double. No, 31 and a half. Jeez. Add a couple touchdowns. 31, 31 and a half. half. You know what? What, what a college football line. <laughs> uh, it really is. I, I, I don't. You know what? In the words of Daryl Hall and John Oates, I can't go for that. <laughs> Michigan State. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, man. I just I don't think nice. Ohio, I mean I don't think Ohio State wants to beat Michigan State by 32 points. <laughs> no, I think they want to save those points yeah. for next week. Exactly. Or the weekend yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're gonna. They want to beat somebody by 32, but it's not Michigan State. Yeah, there ain't no state. Yeah. I'm gonna so. I'm gonna go with the other side of it and think that uh, Ohio State's gonna. Just revel in what Michigan's going through, and wanted <laughs> just so they could be talked about, you know, in a better light, even more so now. I, I like the thought. So you're taking Michigan State, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. ACC Network at seven o'clock. Tobacco Road has never been warmer. As Duke travels to North Carolina. Short trip. Six and three Duke. Seven and two North Carolina. Ten and a half points in favor of the Tar Heels. Mm. Ten and a half? Ten and a half. What is Riley Leonard's situation? Uh, well, I can tell you this. Whatever... Um, whatever classes he has, he better have his homework turned in. Uh, Grayson Loftus <laughs> will. Grayson Loftus will play, mm. Mm. or is likely to play. Mm. That doesn't bode well. Give me uh, the ones that dip their heels in tar, please. Oh, injury. I thought it was an ankle. He's hobbled, is all this says. CBS Sports says eight days ago, missed an extended period of time after suffering a toe injury in a week eight loss at Louisville. Um, oh, goodness. Backup quarterback 
Henry Beelan the fourth is also dealing with an upper body injury. Yeah, Grayson Loftus is a true freshman. Yeah, they, and number three on the list. But out they, of Gaffney, South Carolina, which is famous for the giant peach water tower, like Clint, like Clanton has. Oh well, Loftus won though against Wake. He did. Was seven of nineteen for eighty-six yards. Okay, so Loftus didn't win. Duke won with Loftus starting. Okay. <laughs> Their defense is really good, but I don't think they're good enough. I don't either. Against Drake May. No. And and your boy Tez Walker. And Tez Walker. Okay. All right, folks, here it is. This is the this is the the, the one that's gonna trip us all up. Mm-mm. Pac-12 after dark. Never fails. 9.30 on Fox. USC goes to Eugene, taking on the Ducks of Oregon, who are 14 and one-half point favorites. Quack, quack, quack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's Angels in the outfield. Um, <laughs> You know, USC fired their defensive coordinator last week well, after they true. after they made Caleb Williams cry. Mm. I was about to say, true. Caleb Williams has I've never seen anybody like fall out of the he's a really tough guy spotlight more than you know my, what though I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poop on Caleb Williams over <laughs> that man. I mean oh, this yeah, guy yeah. just wants to win. But he's also the same guy who has F Notre Dame and F well, UCLA on his fingernails. Oh, so well, you kind of I mean, you you kind of can't you can't you can't be what was the kid from uh from Louisville that, that oh you can't pitch, you no. can't do that and then cry after you no. lose. It's kinda, you then, you got a reputation to uphold. Yeah, and it's kinda, you're, you're kind of everything right. wrapped up into that. Just the you know not like. Winning, not that it's just him, obviously, but yeah. his team not winning really when they should. And then, like, you know, he's talking about. I saw this quote from him after a loss, saying all he wanted to do was go cuddle up with his dog and like watch Netflix. And it's just like, I mean, that probably, you know, anybody could do that after a loss, but to say it, maybe not. You know? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe don't. I would have told that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I clicked on Caleb Williams, who is linked in this this US uh, this ESPN article, and it goes to. Caleb Williams of the Lamar Cardinals, the the defensive lineman with 48 sack tackles and a half a sack on the year. I don't think that's <laughs> I don't think that's the Caleb Williams you're looking for. <laughs> Look, I that's a, you know what you mentioned not having the the defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I mean. USC's got to get used to somebody different calling the signals and scheming it up and right. You know, but sometimes you, you you know you might rally around a guy like you know new defensive coordinator Sean Nua. I don't know that there's that much rallying. I'm taking the Ducks. I'm going USC because once again, Pac-12 after dark. I, I think Oregon wins the game. I don't think they win by more than two touchdowns. All right, bonus game. Let's go. Mm-hmm. To Columbia, mm-hmm. East, South Carolina. Oh, look oh. at you, Vanderbilt. Okay. Oh, breakfast with the Commodores. Our fourteen-point dogs 
on the road to South Carolina. Now, we just watched South Carolina struggle against the Jack State Gamecocks, but if I'm being honest, Jacksonville State might be favored over Vanderbilt right now. Mm -hmm. And so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so... Who you taking? I'm taking South Carolina. Yeah, I, uh, I'm also going to take South Carolina. Um, I just could never see myself saying in any sort of betting fashion, ooh, let me get Vanderbilt. <laughs> you know, Xavier Leggett, who was disgustingly great last week, and had it not been for him, South Carolina probably loses by two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, last week he had nine catches for 217 and two scores. Uh, I don't think – Vanderbilt's defensive backfield is going to be able to slow him down anymore. Okay, so what was that again? Nine for what? Nine for 217, over or under. Yeah, exactly. What okay, do you think? we'll add another one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go under, but only because they're not going to have to throw it as much as they did last week against Jack State. I'm going to go under 217 for Leggett, but, but I think it's a, a, a matter of the situation more than his capability. Okay. Um, I've got South Carolina back. Okay, yeah. I'm going to take... I'm going to take the under just because I don't think he catches nine balls because, like you said, I don't know that he has to. So... JK? Over or under 217 for Xavier Leggett? Under for sure. No, he's definitely going to go for 250 now. Because <laughs> we saw Yeah. Yeah. Bonus yeah, <laughs> games are okay, though, right? There you go. That's going to do it, man. What a what a great show. Thanks to, to, to Chris K. <laughs> Kwasinski. Uh, Chris Kwasinski. Kwasinski, yeah. I yeah. think. And then, uh, of course, JJ Cooper joining us. From Baseball America, mm -hmm. that was a fantastic segment. If you if you missed that, you owe it to yourself to go back and, and about the not, twenty about the twenty six minute mark into the replay of this. Go back and watch it. Trust us, yeah. it'll be worth your time. You'll thank us. At Chris Yao fourteen at Mo Patton underscore Sports. Follow us tonight for high school football updates at MS underscore Sports. Today I'll be get, bringing you uh, updates as I can from around the mid state. So all of that. Uh, tonight and come back with us at two o'clock on Monday for the Monday mirror. When we look back at the weekend, this has been main street sports Today, presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint from the Lee company studio. See you guys next week.